Welcome to the Gospel for Life. You are hearing my voice, Pastor Russ Herman, instead of Pastor Josh Bales from The Well. He had to step out, so we're recording a show without him, which you're going to feel. You're going to notice <laughs> his absence. But I still do have Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed here with us. So It is good to be with you, and now I'm the shortest person in the room. Ooh, that's oh, true. Wow. And I apparently have been struggling with Pastor Ryan's last name, so I'm going to allow Pastor Jonathan to introduce Pastor oh. Ryan. <laughs> well, we're glad to have Pastor Ryan Hemphill with us this oh, week. Thank, uh, thank you. Yep. Uh, he's a pastor of the... Uh, Reformed Presbyterian Church here in Boise. Yep, Treasure Valley RPC. And we're just glad that he's been with us. It's been great being with you all. We've been talking about um, God's omnipotence, sometimes a, a big word that just simply means God's power over all things, that God has the ability to execute all of his holy will. Um, and we've been using Paul David Tripp's book, Do You Believe?, as kind of a launch pad for some of these conversations where we're seeking to take doctrine like God's attribute of his being almighty and applying that to the details of how we live moment by moment, day by day. And as we're working through this, um, there's a section in here where Tripp says, our problem is with the limits of our faith, not with God's power. So let's just begin. What, what does he mean by that? Well, I think we see that with Jesus's interaction with his disciples in his earthly ministry. You know, one example that's, that's been mentioned is, you know, the, the storm raging on the sea and Jesus's ability to stop it with the word. Yeah, the even, disciples are uncomfortable because right. he's sleeping in the boat. Right. <laughs> are you concerned about us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what they're saying. And even as he's walking on the water. And Peter comes out, and then he starts to sink, you know, oh, you have little faith. And mm -hmm. then when he's teaching them about, okay, who can be saved? And he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples are like, well, Lord, who can, can be saved? And his response is, well, with God, nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's a struggle that we always have of kind of having a small view of God. Triple talk about this with the idea, uh, I don't know if he ever uses the phrase, but theological amnesia. Mm. And he uses the, the biblical drama of David and Goliath. And oftentimes this story is misunderstood, mistaught and preached, um, really making it about David. Um, but that's not a helpful way to frame the story because David didn't make it about David. Mm -hmm. um, David made it about God. David did make right. it about make it about God. And so you've got the situation, Goliath, this this massive uh, uh, just hulk of a man it's, who is challenging the army. Give of, me a man. Give me a man. <laughs> Come out and do battle with me. So he is challenging the 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 nation of Israel to send out their champion mm -hmm. to fight him. And I don't know how you guys view this story, but there really is only one person that should then go out to fight. Mm -hmm. And that's King Saul. Mm. And King Saul refuses to do so. Um, and I, I would say he refuses to do so because he has no faith. Mm. And he doesn't believe that God has the ability to sustain him in this hand-to-hand -hand battle. Mm. And young David comes, 
And here's the the the, the, the Philistine, not just mock the nation, but mock his God. Mm-hmm. And in essence says, well, why is no one going out there to fight him? Mm-hmm. And says it so often that he eventually gets an audience with the king. And the king says, you can't fight him. Mm-hmm. And David's response to him is what? Well, God has delivered him before. Yes. From the bear and from the lion. And he's experienced that deliverance. And that's really a motivation for us as we consider constantly God's calling us to remember, to look back and we're to remember what he's done. And that gives us encouragement and strength as we realize our all powerful God who does these things that he's recording his word is the same all powerful God who is at work in us uh, to help us. And I think this is just a, a wonderful reminder why we study um, biblical history, why we, we mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. at and recount and reflect upon the mighty acts of God in the past in the Bible and in church history, because it's exactly what David was doing here. He's saying, I know God can deliver because I've seen God deliver Mm -hmm. and God doesn't change. And I trust this God that has done these things to once again, in essence, show up again as God in this circumstance. And Goliath is mocking him. And David, in essence, will say to Goliath, I don't think you know who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when David does go out, you know, the, he says to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and on a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. And after that, there's a thought that had never struck Goliath before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right in the middle of his forehead. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting in, in that whole whole event. What you see is David absolutely God centered, God saturated. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and as as you pointed out, he looks back. He's been delivered from the lion. He's been delivered from the bear. And I think it's important for us too as we as we think about God's power and and that. There are moments in our life where we can see his deliverance. If we were really actually thinking about uh, things, you know, whether he saved us from an accident or, you know, we see his providence in his his power in his providence and how it's been in our life. And it's important for us to, uh, you know, at least have some mental memorials about that, Mm -hmm. you know, even from our own experiences that we've seen how he's worked. Um, you know, you know, in in one in essence, miracles because it's only by His power that we are have arrived at the place that we have. Right. This is our final day, just talking through this whole idea of omnipotence and and God, um, power over all things. When we in our tradition we subscribe to the Heidelberg Catechism. And one of the things that it does is it teaches through um, the phraseologies of the um, Apostles' Creed. And one of the the questions early on is about um, the idea of that I believe in God the Father Almighty, Mm. creator of heaven and earth. And the answer is, why do you believe that? 
or what do you believe when you say that? That the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and father for the sake of Christ. I trust God so much that I do not doubt that he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends upon me in this veil of tears. He is able to do this because he's almighty God. Mm -hmm. He desires to do this because he's faithful father. Mm. And Tripp ends this chapter by coming, bringing those two things together. God is almighty God. And faithful father. Mm-hmm. So why is it so important that those two things are joined together to, for how we live out our, our Christian faith? It's a reminder of a personal relationship that God has with us. When we talk about God himself and his power, we're not, we're not just consigning ourselves to some sort of fatalism. Mm-hmm. We, we have a, a God that's actually intimately intimately relates to us on the on the basis of a father and so when we when we do ask him for our daily bread or when we do go to him for a need we are going to him as one of his children and not simply you know trying to get an audience with god mm-hmm. and that was one of the things too that i mean this relationship that we have i mean he's He hasn't just chosen a people, you know, for himself, this mass of humanity. I mean, he has, but he's, he knows each and every one of his children by name and that relationship that we have as one to a father. I mean, it's enough that he would be our creator and the eternal God and we would owe our allegiance to him, but he's gone that step beyond that. He's actually brought us into his family through Christ and we are Mm -hmm. his children. And it just makes that desire it should, by his grace, make that desire to show our love for him, to show our thankfulness to him, and to realize that our Father is who he is and faithful. Psalm 103 brings these two concepts together as Almighty God and, and Faithful Father. Um, in verse 13, it says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And then later on it says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Mm. And over the years I found that um, I end up coming back to this concept over and over again in my prayers. That when I'm praying about something in either my own life or in the lives of others, um, I come back to that dual framework of I'm coming to you because you're you're almighty God Mm. and I know that you have the power to answer what I'm asking but I'm also coming because you're my faithful father Mm -hmm. and you love me Mm -hmm. and you want what's best for your children Mm -hmm. Um, and for me that becomes really the foundation of my prayers Mm. that I'm coming to an almighty God who is a faithful father Mm -hmm. And you can search the world's religions and you will not find that combination. Right. You will not find someone, a God, who is both almighty God and faithful father. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the beauties of the Christian faith. Um, I think it's one of the glories of God Mm -hmm. that he can combine that power and that tenderness in one being. Mm. 
And I, I think um, if you have just a, a view of God as almighty without the fact that he's a tender, loving father, um, I think you're missing out on uh, some of the richness and beauty of, of, of the faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. he because in that as as our father, he's not going to deal with us as our sins deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he he's he, his love is steadfast toward us mm-hmm. you know we're you know we're not simply set outside when we've disobeyed him he 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 has sent his son to die for our sins so that he has us in this forever family and uh, and he will show compassion on us because he knows our frame he remembers that we were created from the dust of the ground and and so he has this compassion on us and 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 it, we're told that his steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting and his righteousness to his, to children's children. Mm. And there's a, you know, this idea of him being our faithful father is probably the most reassuring thing that mm-hmm. can ever come into our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we fear mighty God. We love faithful father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. We have been working through Paul David Strip book. Do you believe? Um, highly recommend it. Um, I think it, it's been helpful to just think through how to live our lives more faithfully um, and apply the truths of God's word more consistently. So, hopefully, you'll be able to pick up a copy. And we will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>